You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Maroon center, no! Connor Hellebuck! Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! Can you believe it? Frankly, on to Morrissey, scores! Josh Morrissey! And welcome into episode 36 of the Level Flight Podcast. The Morgan Barron episode. The Morgan Barron episode. I'm joined today by the happiest Jets fan in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, After the selection of Colby Barlow. Elliot, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. And I, I will get into it in a little bit. But not that I'm like not happy about getting Colby Barlow. I think there were some other names, but I'm just super happy because one, I picked it right. And two, it was a, yeah. the Jets didn't screw up like some other teams we saw last night. So can't be mad. Just got to be very content about how things are looking. Absolutely. Yeah. I immediately thought, cause I remember posting the clip of you um, pumping his tires when we did our draft episode two weeks ago. So I remember that immediately, but yeah, the Jets stay at 18. You know, there were no trades in the first round for the first time since 2007. Um, so it was pretty boring first round. I mean, there were some reaches, which kept it interesting, but um, no trades, no drama. And the Jets stay put at 18 and select Colby Barlow. Um, born in Orillia, Ontario, if I'm pronouncing that right. It. That looks like that's how that would be pr- pronounced. <laughs> I that's that's my guess. Um, six feet, hundred ninety pounds um, on hockey DB. I saw some draft things saying he was six one, one ninety seven, one ninety two. I don't know. Yeah. Measurements are all over the place. He plays big, plays like a power forward. Oh yeah, and his shot. Um, this is all just on ice stuff because I'm sure we'll get into the off ice stuff and what that means. Because um, he is a great A person off the ice. But on the ice, if you watch any clip of him, it's his release. It's his shot that just jumps off the page. It's ridiculous. It's one of the cleaner releases in the draft. Obviously, you have to put Connor Bedard one on that little tier list if you're making it. But he's up there. He's one of the best shots in the class. 46 goals last year in the OHL was fifth in the league. Uh, 79 points. And he was the captain. We said all this a few weeks ago, but... Um, in terms of off-ice stuff, he was the captain of an OHL team at 17. He's a leader. Uh, they shared some stories that he was close to getting his 30th goal in a game, and he was just getting goalied on all of his chances, so he told his teammates to stop passing the puck in the middle of the game. He didn't care about getting his 30th goal in that game, and they ended up getting it in overtime, I think. Yeah. That's the story they shared on the Sportsnet broadcast. But, yeah, I really like the player on the ice. Um Elliot, what impresses you the most? I guess we'll start with the on-ice stuff about Barlow's game. We've kind of spoken to already, but just as a refresher. I I think the biggest thing for me is, yes, he has a shot, but that's not all he has, Mm -hmm. right? He, we know that he is a bigger body. He's not afraid to get a little physical, get into the corners, which I, (laughs) lots of Jets forwards that like to do that aren't of his skill set. 
And, you know, I think the other thing too is, is he's a great penalty killer, right? So I, I think that the way that his game is built is, yes, it's built around his offense. It's built around his shot. But I think the biggest thing is that that's not his only asset. I think obviously his leadership on the ice and just in terms of telling his teammates, trying to help them out, try to get the win, I think is a big thing. But yeah, I, I like that his game isn't just shooting. Did the Jets need that in their prospect pool? And did they need that as a player? Absolutely. They need more scoring. Mm -hmm. But the other things that he can bring doesn't just mean that – I know this is – his shot is nowhere near the same. But I think of just someone like a, a Patrick Laine or guys that are one – a prospect that the Jets were considering probably taking in Gabriel Perot. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 you could call them one-trick ponies, Right. Like, yes, Liney was an offensive juggernaut, but he was mainly known for his shot and really nothing else. Gabriel right. Perot as a prospect is he has a really good shot and kind of doesn't really bring anything else. I like yeah. that Barlow has a higher floor, should be ready to go sooner, but that's not just going to be him bringing scoring along. He's going to bring something else to the lineup. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's th – this shot obviously jumps out, but Barlow – Scott Wheeler of The Athletic, I, I shared this quote a few weeks ago um, when he said that he should safely become a third-line player. Now, don't freak out when you hear that. Don't think that the Jets just drafted a middle six uh, guy or like a bottom six forward at 18. That is like he should safely become that. And if he's able to grow, he will safely become a top six forward because he just has one of the highest floors in the first round, right? Um if you look at the Arizona Coyotes, they took they took two huge swings on players that have crazy upside because they're six four and six five. Uh, but this that those aren't safe picks, quote unquote. This yeah. is a this is a safer pick. Um, and I like it. I mean, I think he can develop into a, a top six, like you said, two way, two way winger. Um, and if you listen to every quote he says, he he cares about playing defense. He's that's the number one thing. I like Hustler had a great interview with him right after the draft. Um, and Hustler goes, well, what kind of player can Jets fans expect you to be? First words out of his mouth, he goes, well, a good person, first and foremost. And then he starts talking about, um, I like to, you know, score goals, be around the net and play a good sound defensive game and play 200 feet and get back and help my teammates, uh, help my teammates out and do what I can to win. Um, it's pretty cliche hockey answer, but the first words out of, his, out of his mouth being a good person, first and foremost, like this guy just oozes with character and leadership. And it's very similar to the Rutger McGrody pick in that sense from a year ago. Um, you, He's Canadian. You know, you can't help but wonder if that played a factor with Gabe Perot and Oliver Moore sitting there and having... Truba, Cop, and Dubois forced their way out, and Hellebuck, soon to be, kind of forced their way out in the last couple years. You can't help but wonder if that played a factor. I'm not saying that was the that was the deciding factor, but you have to wonder if that if yeah. that made the decision for Kevin Shovel Day off, right? Um, they're trying to build a culture. They're trying to get players that'll want to be here and stay because they are tired of trading players away at 24 years old in the middle of their prime. Um, and this Barlow pick as of right now projects to be that way. So yeah. 
I, I like the skill set he brings to the table, but honestly, I'm more of a fan of the off ice stuff, the leadership, the, the culture that the jets are attempting to build. That's what excites me the most about this pick because yes, he has a high floor. Yes. He has a ridiculous shot, which isn't really prominent in the jets prospect pool. Like you said, like Lambert's a skater, McGrory's a power forward. Um, he has a good shot too, but not as good as Barlow's. Um, that's a skill set they're missing, but I, the off ice stuff does it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too. Now I know we've talked a lot about the off ice character of a lot of jets players in the organization, right. not saying that people can't change, right? but I do hope that with the last two first round picks, Kevin shovel is trying to change the culture. Of, I think that I think of, that's of the Winnipeg Jets. It's clear. It's clear that I think they're trying to because and, and, with the McGordy and Barlow picks, even for the scouts, the scouts like first words out of their mouth when these two players are drafted are like, "Oh, they're just great A human beings. They're leaders. They high character." So future yeah, captain, future captain. Weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the big thing for me is is yes, that's good. We want high character players. But my problem will be if once these guys make it to the league, if the culture with the management doesn't change and the expectations don't change. Because mm. then either the player goes sour or the player leaves because the expectations aren't where he hopes that they would be, right? right. So hopefully, I'm not. you know what? After the last couple of days, I'm actually going to give Kevin off a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and that – the reason that he has acted the way he has is because of the current players he has on his roster. Because he doesn't want to make them any more mad than they already were. And so he's trying to please them as much as possible, even though he's throwing his coach under the bus. We talked about that weeks ago. So hopefully right. with these picks, once these guys, we know McGordy's coming, most likely after this year at Michigan. He mm -hmm. said that he would probably be ready to go. I would assume Barlow should be good in a year or two. He's got a high floor. I don't think he will need much more yeah. development in, in the OHL, right? So hopefully these guys yeah. are coming soon, and that means that the culture's changing and the expectations and the way that management runs specific things changes. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's an exciting time for the forward prospect pool. That's for sure. I made a tweet last night that was like listed every – draft pick that they've made in the last three years in that area and when you go down the list it's pretty it's pretty good you got McGordy and Lambert who were 2022 firsts you've got Chaz Lucius 2021 first now you've got Colby Barlow um you've got Danny Jilkin who we really like on the pod um I'm forgetting like half of the names here but but you have to think Nikita that Chibrikov yeah Daniel Torgerson uh, Dmitry Ryshevsky, um, who's a fifth rounder in 2021. He signed, he just signed a deal in the KHL. But my point is in two, three years, that's a pretty decent group coming over. Mm -hmm. Brad Lambert might be next year. We don't know. He might be another year away. McGordy's going to, I think straight out of Michigan, come to the NHL. Like you said, um, Barlow in a year or two, if he truly has a high floor, he could be on Adam Lowry's wing when Adam Lowry's still here playing <laughs> 16 minutes a night. Right. Um, just to start out in the NHL, I mean, not not oh. for the long term. Yeah, but you get what I mean. Like this is a this is an exciting group coming over, and they just traded for Gabriel Velarde, who's going to be in the top six for the next three years, four years at minimum. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's exciting because the forward core is just so deep right now. Um, and it's going to be fun to see them, see how it plays out in the next two, three years. Yeah. And I, I think that's the most fun part because we've gone through an era of having a bunch of defensemen that we've drafted and, and obviously, I know there were lots of experts that said, oh, the Jets have gone forward in the past bunch of drafts. They're going to go defenseman here. You heard Kevin Sheveldayoff's comments yesterday when they were talking about Travis Sandheim. He thinks that guys like Declan Chisholm, Billy Hainala, all have opportunities to make the NHL roster, mm-hmm. which means that in his mind, they don't need a defenseman. They need forwards because he thinks they need to forward. clear a defenseman. They, yeah, they need, they need to, to clear a defenseman. It, and that's kind of what his comments, I know this is a little bit off topic, but that's what his comments made it sound like. They need to move off a defense, but not draft another one. They right. need to take who they've got and find whole uh, spaces for them in the current lineup so that maybe once that happens, maybe then they can draft a defenseman. But I would assume we'll see one here. Today is Thursday and it's day two of the draft. I'm assuming we'll see one drafted yes. today just to round out the prospect pool. But they're going to take a goalie. I think a goalie They might, is they might take yeah. a goalie. I mean... Or they can call they it the Preds. All right. So, uh, you know, there's various different sports going on, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. right now you got things, you know, like the MLB, you've got different things that you can, you know, check out on DraftKings Sportsbook. So new customers, dra- download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Just bet $5 to score $150 in bonus, bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Hill, uh, Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Uh, all games re- uh, are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino and Charles, uh, Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available uh, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets uh, expire seven days after uh, uh, issuance. Um, one boost per eligible game, often required uh, for uh, 100% boost. Uh, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. <laughs> yeah, they don't take goalies early. So I wasn't oh, no. like, and round one at 18, that would have been a massive reach for any of the goalies. So I wasn't expecting one then. They don't pick in the second round, which is likely when the two goalies, Augustine and Hrabble, are going to go. So once you get to the third round, if both of those guys are gone, you're probably looking away from goalie and they're probably just going to stick with their regular take a goalie late and just pray. That's what yeah. they did with Connor Hellebuck and it worked. Dom DiVincentis, we've talked about him. Yeah. He's had a few. He's had a good year in the OHL down there. They might just do that again. They might just take another goalie and just be like, well, let's just pray that this guy works out because that's kind of their philosophy when it comes to goalies. Um, but Anyways, back to Barlow yeah. and his forward core. You might see the Jets switch to taking defense in the next couple of years with their their next yeah. couple of picks because, like we said, their forward core right-handed is defenseman. Yeah, specifically like have... right-handed defenseman because we have way too many lefties. <laughs> yeah, Hanalan Chisholm should be graduating to the NHL this year. 
Um, and then if you take those two out of the prospect pool, there's not much on the back end there for a prospect pool. If those two are NHLers, um, looking at the prospect pool is very, very thin. It's Elias Salomonson, and that's about it. I think Dimitri yeah. Kuzmin. Um, but yeah, you're a fan. Um, I, I, I like Kuzmin. But again, yeah. he's a left-handed defenseman. So Right. Right. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch in the future because I said a few weeks ago I wanted them to take best player available and the best player available is going to be a forward. When they were up, the mm. like six best players available were a forward. Yeah. So I I just did not want them to say Oliver Bonk of the London Knights. <laughs> I mean like Bonk might be a solid player, but I thought there were seven forwards better than him at that spot and I'm glad that they took one of them that I yeah. thought was better. Um, I had my rankings out in front of me and I do one, I do these, I copy and paste from Scott Wheeler and Parman and all these scouting reports. And I do one page on each player. So I had every page in front of me of players that they wanted to take. And I said to my little brother and my dad, who I was watching the draft with, I said, if I have to reach over here for another page of a player, they messed up and yeah. I didn't have to Colby Barlow was right in front of me. And I didn't have to go and reach for another page. It was like Pro, Moore, um, Barlow, Shala, and Musty. I yeah. said, if any of those guys go, I'm happy. If that, if I have to reach over here for another player for Oliver Bonk, not happy. <laughs> um, but they, in my opinion, great pick. Um, when it comes to someone like Gabe Perot, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this because everyone had him as a fringe top ten talent. I had him as my seventh best player in the class. He broke Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes' uh, U.S. National Development Team program record uh, last year for points. And he goes 23 to the Rangers. Do you think that's like the the general public scouting kind of missed something on him? Are um, NHL scouts way lower on him? Because he doesn't really have much of a defensive game. Um, but when he slides that long and he's up and the, and he's there and the Jets are at 18, I'm, I'm slamming the table for Gabe Pro because – I'm like, this guy's a top eight talent, maybe, right? Um, but then when he slides all the way to 23, it makes me think, like, did everyone miss something? What are your What are your thoughts on when you see a massive slide like that? Well, it's it's like anything. Like, I'm going to use this. You're going to laugh. You're, you're, you're going <laughs> to laugh. I, I kind of relate it to, just to make it a little bit more um, relatable here, is to, if you've ever watched Draft Day, the quarterback in draft day slide. I don't right? like draft day. You don't like that movie? I love that movie. I don't, like that, that movie. Movie. I anyway, don't like that movie. I know yeah, I know it's cheesy. <laughs> anyway, but the, the point I'm trying to make is there was something wrong with the quarterback, right? There was a character issue. So right. we don't know that when a guy slides like that and people haven't said, hey, watch for this guy to slide because X. Normally that's because normally somebody slides like that because either A, somebody's called somebody, let's, I don't know, let's say somebody in the top 10, let's say Arizona called, looked at Perot, talked to him, and then they called so-and-so at seven and said, hey, if you're thinking Perot, not great character or doesn't have this or doesn't have that or whatever. Yeah. Right? Or scouts did their due diligence and they saw something we didn't, right? Or they watched film and or they talk to coaches or this or that. And coach said, Nope, I wouldn't take him here. He needs this and that, or what, whatever the case may be. There's normally when a guy slides like that, 
It's either A, because of positional need, which was not in this case. All these teams were picking full taking other forward. They were yeah. taking forwards. So it can't yeah. be that. The other the other thing it has to be is there has to be some sort of intangible that either A, he didn't have, or B, he has something like a character issue or yeah. maybe size or because he know. just has a shot. But and 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 it's like and this this happens in other sports too. This happens in basketball. I'm assuming probably in I, I've obviously I watch hockey, but I've been a casual fan. Obviously, now that we do the podcast, I'm a little bit more hardcore than I used to be. But I'm assuming just like in other sports, if somebody has a good shot or one some a really good skill, like a show stopping skill that's really mm-hmm. noticeable, fans and reporters and stuff will want to try to bump that and make them higher sure. because it means it's it, it's a whole wow factor thing, right? It's like guys coming out of college that can shoot the ball really well. And it's, or, or at super, it's like super athletic wings that get yeah. drafted super high. Cause it's, Oh, well he can jump through the roof and he can do this and that. And right. He'll, he's a walking poster. Like right. it's, that's the same thing. Oh, he's got a great shot. And then you look at the rest of his skills and you go, okay, well, but he's got like, he's not good on defense. It's not yeah. a great his vision's not very good. He can't he's not a great passer. Like, yeah, like I'm not Perot, saying Gabe Pro is like that, but or has all of those issues. He's not and, great that, defensively, and puck battles might be a concern. Like I think his ceiling is Cal Connor, and Cal Connor's not a bad player, obviously. Like he's a great he's, goal he's a fringe all-star. <laughs> yeah, like like that that would work out for the Rangers if he turned out to be Cal Connor. Um but if Cal Connor had character issues, that would be a problem. Right, yeah. like, yeah. like if Kyle Connor forces way out of Winnipeg and then, uh, or forces way out of Columbus and then Winnipeg and then maybe LA, he <laughs> <laughs> only wants to play for Montreal. No, um, no he only wants to play for um, who, well, no, you have to not Detroit. He only wants to play right? for Detroit. <laughs> he only wants to play for Detroit, but then he goes somewhere else. Um, yeah. No, but you never know, right? Yeah, that, that's a good point that you bring up because we see the production, we see the shot, we see the offensive abilities on that crazy line that the US team had with Oliver Moore and Ryan Leonard. Um, and we see all that. But what we don't see is the conversations that these teams have with these players, right? They interview all these players, the Jets probably interviewed Gabe Perot, all the teams in the in the middle, in the teens, there probably interviewed Gabe Perot. Um, that's not to say he bombed his interviews. But maybe they, maybe uh, the Jets, who value character very highly, liked how Barlow's character stacked up against pros, and they were willing to take that. Like that's that's enough of a gap well, for them to and, and we, pass and, and on we, a more talented player, right? And we and we talked about it. We said, don't have to worry about Barlow and battles in the corners. Don't have to worry about putting him out on the penalty kill because he can do that. Right. Perot, like you said, is a Kyle Connor, skinnier, wiry, more wiry frame. Probably not going to win too many puck battles. Probably not going to see him out on the penalty kill. He'll be a power play option, so that'll get some extra ice time. But other than that, like, is he a fast skater? Like, it could be that. Yeah. I mean, Gabe Perot, if you told me he became a point-per-game player in the NHL, I would not be shocked. Which yeah. is, like, it's still kind of crazy that he went 23. Like, that's still a little late, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'd still probably take Perot over Barlow. If I had to like redo the draft, um, but that like again, same kind of tier. There's that tier three where a bunch of names are in it. You take any player from that tier. Like I said, if I had to reach for another page behind me, then it would have been a problem. Yeah, all those forwards are in that one tier, and if you take any of them, 
and Barlow honestly showed the bet the most signs of having like great character, great leadership. And we know the Jets value that. So in that tier, he's probably the best leader. And that's that that stuck out to them big yeah. time. Um, and 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 I I said it to Connor before the podcast and last night. I am I super excited about Barlow? Absolutely. But I also would have been fine if they had taken a bunch of other names. Because as as the draft kept going, we saw that names were falling. And I went, Oh, well, we didn't talk about this player, or I didn't consider this player because I didn't I a Gabe Pearl, I didn't consider because I thought he was going like at least five or six picks before or sorry, yeah. probably three or four picks at least yeah. before the Jets. So I didn't think like I have a list right here. Gabe Pro's <laughs> not on it. Like, <laughs> so. well, Oliver Moore was the name I brought up two weeks ago, and he was on the board. Yeah, he went one pick after to the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's another name like best skater in the class. Um, another U.S. national development team program. We know the Jets like to take those players like American players from that development program, but they elect to go with the Canadian leader with high character. I know that satisfies a certain part of the fan base, Um, but Oliver Moore, another guy that totally could have gone top 12 and I would not have been shocked. Yeah. Like we can uh, transition into this now, but if the Coyotes went Gabe Perot (laughs) and Oliver Moore in their picks instead of uh, Simashev and Daniil boot i think is how you pronounce his last name yeah um i would not have been shocked i would have said the coyotes did great if they took those two players right um instead simishev goes 25 30 picks earlier than he should have at sixth overall um what was your biggest shock like was that your biggest shock of the probably i mean like there are some carlson going two as well like most people penciled in adam fantilli to go to um and columbus is probably thrilled that he dropped to number three um now that's not like a huge reach like carlson was still like a bona fide top four player in the class so him going into is like okay it's a shock but it's not like wow that's an awful pick by anaheim um but i have to think simishev was the biggest surprise right I think up there, and you may you may disagree, but I think the other one is how far Z- uh, Zach Benson slid. I think that's I, another one. I could see that though, just because like he's small. his size. And, yeah, and NHL GMs are like, oh, he's small. I'm not. I'm not picking him. Like the Coyotes, the Coyotes were in a great spot to take Zach Benson and take a shot on a high upside player, but instead they took a six five winger that hasn't really shown much and he could develop into something crazy because he's six five he could develop into miko rantanen but zach benson is a top seven talent in the class that's an overthink in in my opinion that's an overthink by the coyotes is passing on zach benson twice twice yeah at six and 12. well Uh, i thought benson would slide but i thought he'd slide like a couple picks the jets wouldn't have a chance at him like when buffalo was on the clock Obviously, it went all around Twitter that, okay, they're probably going Benson here. It'll be a Winnipeg yeah. ice line, which is cool. But I'm I'm sitting there and I'm going, there's a chance the Jets could either A, trade up with Buffalo or trade up with somebody to go yeah, get Benson. It, there, yeah. could have been, there could have been that. Or it could have been that he just kept sliding. Like Zach yeah. Benson could have been instead of, all, instead of an Oliver Moore or Gabe Perot, could have been Zach Benson, right? So. Yeah. 
Like you can even, let's say Buffalo took Gabe Perot instead of Zach Benson. Do you think Perot slide keeps sliding? Probably, or sorry, not Perot. Uh, Benson. Benson probably yeah. keeps sliding. I think the Red Wings at 17 are too smart to pass on Benson in that spot because it's that's also their second pick of the first round. Yeah. Um, now, do they – like if the Sabres go Gabe Perot, um, then the Jets and Penguins were linked as well as a potential Hellebuck destination. Uh, I think at that point you trade up. 14 yeah. is way too low. Like even 13. Like yeah. you could have traded up with Buffalo, but – that's still way too low for Zach Benson. I thought he was going to go like, eight, in the nine. top eight. Yeah, yeah, ninth to Detroit. Um, and I even thought that was like selling it short. I think he should have gone, if I was operating as every single one of these teams, I would have taken him number six at Arizona. And I that's his value. He, I think he's a top six player, top seven player in this class. So him sliding to nine would be a bit of a slide. And him sliding to 13 was just ridiculous. Yeah. Especially, especially given the two picks that Arizona made in front um, of the Benson pick at thirteen, yeah, I just couldn't couldn't get behind that. I mean, I think another one. I know I ha- I said it on the podcast. Another name was Braden Yeager. I thought he mm-hmm. probably could have gone in the twenties. That's why I had him mocked to the Jets, or a potentially mocked to the Jets because I right. thought that that was probably a better option for the right. Jets if like a Colby Barlow had gone and everyone else had kind of gone Braden Yeager's probably a good choice I think the Penguins reached I think Kyle Dubas reached a little bit I like Yeager as a prospect but yeah yeah I think I think overall the biggest blunder of the night was just <laughs> Arizona and their collective <laughs> all the same colored suits oh the suits I thought you were going to say their picks. I mean, oh, the, I was, the, I was the, for both. It, yeah. start, it starts with how you dress. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Look good, feel good, draft good. That's the nearest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, they did that last year. And I was like, eh, okay, for one draft, sure. And then they run it back this year with the same, like, not the same suits, but the same thought process to all wear the same suit. And I just find that a little – a little corny. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, but well, you know what? If it makes you them know happy, you can't really complain. You, you said but, the words "run it back" and the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes. I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> oh God! I should never say the words "run it back" on on a Jets podcast, and or talk about Arizona and say the words oh, "run it back." Yeah, where did they come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. That was that was just a bad a bad sentence by me. Anyways, um, yeah, it, it was an yeah, interesting suits, draft. It was oh god, I no trades killed it. That, I honestly, I, I and the the analyst tried to back it up and say like, well, this is one of the deepest drafts, so teams are scared uh, to trade their picks because they don't want to miss out on an incredible talent. I would actually argue the opposite. If you names should be 10, aggressive. If names ten to fifty are so in flux. Why wouldn't you want more picks in that range? Like if the Jets picked up, if the Jets traded back from 18 to say, I don't even know what, like 25, St. Louis. Um, St. Louis really wanted to trade up for Gabe Perot or something. Say they traded back to 25 and got a second rounder. Then you're getting two top 50 names in this round or round one and a half. It has been explained as a round one and a half, this draft. You're getting two top 50 picks instead of just the one, yeah. right? 
And yeah, you might miss out on Gabe Perot, but you're getting two of the top 50 talents in one of the deepest drafts in years. I just don't, I don't get that argument for why there was no trades because teams don't want to miss out. If the draft is so deep, why wouldn't you want more picks in that range? Or I, trade I up for your target. Because if it's right, that if you're deep... St. Louis and you have two late first round picks um, and you see Gabe Perot, who you think maybe is a top 10 talent sliding, why don't you trade up to 18 or 19 and go get him? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe everyone just loved who they picked. And that, that was that, right? No one yeah. wanted to trade down. Um, the Jets, we talked about it on the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade podcast that maybe this will be a long episode. It won't because the Jets can make any deal. Everything, oh, yeah. we, we don't even have, like, the only potential trade of the night was Nashville trying to trade for five with Montreal and them trying to send right. Askarov. And that deal yeah. didn't even go through. Like, no. <laughs> Barry and- Trotz tried he said i tried everything i could to try to trade up for five and montreal didn't want to give up their pick that would so, have been insane in nashville if they moved up that would have been and like no, the most, defenses, the most insane thing was would be trading one of the best goalie prospects in the league for for pick number five. for david reinbacher yeah for Dave, which i think david reinbacher is a great player but like you don't get a goalie prospect of that magnitude they took him like in the very one. often. Yeah, they took him in the one. Like I don't think you can really bail on him before he gets to the NHL. And he was good round. with Milwaukee last year. Yeah, like he yeah, had yeah. a he's had good seasons. It's not like he's like potentially a bust and you're trying to capitalize on his value right now. Like yeah. no wonder Montreal probably took the call because he he's the one of the best goalie prospects in hockey. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't no know. duh, they saw the Preds phone call and picked up the phone and asked Trotz what he wanted. He's like, I'll give you Askarov and whatever for five. They probably thought about it, but nothing, nothing happened, which nothing happened. I mean, it is what it is, but with the jets, I mean, most people were speculating that maybe Hellebuck would be traded on the draft floor, maybe safely. Um, But as, as the draft wrapped up the first round, at least, and reports started to come out, it seems as though like the market is kind of thinning on those two guys like outside of new jersey no one has really been linked to connor hellebuck and new jersey's not willing to pay him nine million right yeah the 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 market is at a crossroads right now contenders don't want to pay their goalies nine million and connor hellebuck wants to play for a contender and make nine million so something's got to give right either you're not playing for a contender and you're making nine million dollars or you're playing for a contender and making six yeah, seven because teams don't want to pay you nine million because that takes up all their cap, um, especially for New Jersey who just handed out like three huge contracts this offseason to Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt, right? Um, they just traded for Tyler Toffoli. Like they're clearly in win now mode, and Hellbuck would be an asset at least for the one year remaining on his deal. But Hellebuck wants a big extension. He wants Andre Vasilevsky money. And I just don't think that's on the table for any of the contenders in the league. Which um, is crazy so, because he's on the level. He's shown that he's on the level of right. Andre Vasilevsky. No wonder he's asking for Vasilevsky money because he's been in the conversation around Andre Vasilevsky. But I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not endorsing that line of thought. Um, I'm just. Yeah, that's that's just what teams are thinking. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Um, if I'm New Jersey and I'm in Winnow mode, I'm looking to go right ahead, right, and <laughs> trade for Hellebuck and worry about the financials later. Because if they got Connor Hellebuck next season, 
they'd be the instant cup favorites right yeah. now. Like My, they are loaded. They're yeah. absolutely loaded. If they had got Connor Hallibuck for one season, if they got him as a rental. Now I don't know. Are the Jets moving? It's it's so complicated, right? Um, but Pierre LeBrun snuck in his article last night a little. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, or it wouldn't be inconceivable to see Shifley and Hellbuck start the season with the Jets. I think that would be a bad idea. Maybe not Shifley, but Hellbuck. I think that would be a bad idea because at the trade deadline, goalies I think don't you're really selling get moved. his value short, and goalies don't really get moved. Yeah, so like Vezina level goalies. Yeah, that's that's an off season move. A fringe first line center on a good contract that's more deadline oriented but hellebuck i think it's got to get done in the next couple days and and, I, and i think it does and those guys get moved only if they're not in the playoff spot or they're not in the in the race for a playoff spot yep that's why i'm hoping the jets get a deal done in the summer because once the season starts and the hopes get high and the jets are in the around the playoff race they're not trading anybody and Gabe Velarde has 80 points by the trade deadline. Yeah. What? <laughs> when he has 45 but, goals at the trade deadline. No, I did see, I saw a tweet circle around yesterday. I don't remember because um, I don't want to say who it was because I can't remember who it was. But there was a, there were multiple tweets from multiple different people that were saying that the goalie market is in flux right now because mm. there's Logan Thompson's name rolling around. Aiden hit like they're 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 that's why nobody's pulled the trigger in Connor Hellebuck yet. There are other options that are quote unquote cheaper that maybe aren't as good as Hellebuck, but a lot of the contenders just want a cheap goalie that's good enough that's gonna win you maybe one or like steal you one or two games during like during the regular season. You have a good defensive core in front, they don't have to do too much, then you have to yeah. save money on goalie. That's why they that's why teams aren't like all foaming at the mouth for Connor Hellebuck because all the other options are still available. I'm sure as soon as a Logan Thompson gets moved or like, I don't know, there's been other options that move and move different to different teams. And those names start coming off the board. I'm sure we'll see more yeah. names for Connor Hellebuck, but until then it may just be New Jersey sniffing around, asking the jets how they're doing and saying, Hey, what, <laughs> What's the, what? What are you feeling like today for Connor Hellebuck? And that that and that and that and that may be it for a while. Which I is fine, you, but yeah, I assure you, if Sergey Bobrovsky kept up what he was doing in the first three rounds into the finals, like he had a decent finals, he wasn't otherworldly like the first three rounds. If he kept that up, and the Florida Panthers won the Stanley Cup, there would be at least six teams linked to Connor Hellebuck because that's a ten million dollar goalie that yeah. carried his team to a Stanley cup, right? If the Panthers goalied everyone on their way to the Stanley cup, teams would be like, Oh my God, we need a star level goalie. This, this is the breakthrough we've needed is we need Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. But because Aiden Hill on like a league minimum contract won the Stanley cup and, everyone's and like, looked good as good as Bobrovsky. And looks good. Yeah. Everyone is like, well, I'd rather spend $6 million on a top pairing right defenseman than I would my goalie because yeah. I can cheap out at goalie or I'd rather spend 3 million on two bottom pairing defensemen and have a, the best bottom pair in the league rather than a, a Connor Hellebuck, which makes no sense. Yeah. The market should be higher for Connor Hellebuck. It, it honestly makes no sense. Um, and I don't know what shovel day up is going to do because if the market is just New Jersey, which is what's being reported, 
Well, it's not being reported that it's just New Jersey. It's just no one else is really being reported. They're the I only ones seen, stepping around. I haven't seen – well, maybe Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, they've said they're in the market for a goalie. I don't know if that means Hellebuck. They don't really have the assets. I, I guess maybe they do. I I just – it's so It's Kyle Dubas. You never know. He'll, fi- he'll find he'll to swing something. He'll, he'll, you never know. He, he swung a bunch of stuff in Toronto that you went – how the – did you do yeah, that? True. I'm sure that he will find a way to – swing things but the hellebuck return will be smaller if they make it in the offseason it will be smaller than the dubois return just because if there's no extension in place which for a contender is very realistic like if new jersey were to trade for him they might not want to extend him they might want to see him have a good year first like win a cup maybe um i think it'll be lower 30 year old goalies don't usually go for much needing a big extension I think the uh, the Dubois trade is the best return you're going to see this offseason, which, if you think about it, is kind of backwards because Hellebuck's top three at his position. Dubois is not a top three center in the league, but it's just what goalies are going for, and teams don't want to pay that right now. So, and and we talk and we've talked about the the big return that the Jets should be getting for Connor Hellebuck, but right, it might not be there. It might not be on the table, um, but. We'll see. There's a lot of time still. Free agent frenzy starts on Saturday, July 1st. Um, today, we're recording. It's Thursday. You'll probably hear this Friday. Um, the second day of the draft is going to go. Pierre Lebrun's article kind of said maybe round one was the calm before the storm. So maybe right when we hit end, Connor Hellbuck's going to get traded. Um, <laughs> but I really hope not. Um, because, yeah, it's it's going to be a crazy couple days. Um, unless you have anything else, Elliot, I think we're good to get out of here. We we started with Barlow talk and then kind of just more talk Jets, but oh, we let yeah. the conversation flow. Hey, <laughs> I all I'm gonna say is hopefully we don't see anybody reach for somebody uh, way out of the range of where they're picking at the Toronto Maple Leafs. But- yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> I was scanning draft rankings to find this guy. I have the Hockey News draft book. They have him ranked 89th. Yeah, they took him 28. I was like, who, what? That was another surprise. I mean, at 28th overall, I was like rubbing my eyes. It was like 10 p.m. And I was like, okay, I've been sitting on this couch for four hours. Just get these last four picks over with. Um, But that was like, we left that off the biggest surprises thing that we talked about. Like, obviously reaching for a guy at sixth overall is more detrimental to your franchise than reaching for a guy in 28. While you're a playoff contender. Right. But still, that was a very, very big reach and surprising at that. And Colorado was probably thrilled because they picked a 27 and then they picked a 31 and they got two like mid, they got two like 20 to 25 range prospects. They were probably thrilled. But yeah. The Jets select Colby Barlow. Um, what it, what was Kevin Shildale's quote? We just selected Colby Barlow. That's real hot. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to make that the title of this episode. Yep. We just selected Colby Barlow. That's real hot. <laughs> Dash Kevin Shildale. That's the title of the episode right there. That was uh, hilarious. That was a great response. Elliot all Freeman the memes. Every GM. Yeah. Elliot Freeman was asking every GM, you know, do you have anything going on? None of them are going to say anything on national TV. Um, but most of them just went, ah, no, you know, we're looking at everything, yada, yada. 
Kevin showed that off. You know, you just know he was thinking of that response the whole yeah. time. Well, you saw his face as soon as as soon as Freeman asked the question, he started smiling, he started grinning. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, he had it. He had it cooked up and ready. He, he had, had that thing lined. Yeah, he lined up ready to fire. Which I think he was makes sitting it there the better. whole time at the draft table." figuring out a joke while his head scout figured out who they were going to pick. Yeah. Are you sure he was sitting at a regular chair though? might've been a deck chair. I think (laughs) he brought his favorite deck chair from the lake. Stop. After the Dubois trade, we, we got to put those jokes away. Hey, you said it in our group chat. He has Wi-Fi at the lake. It's good. Confirmed. (laughs) He has reception (laughs) at the cabin. So, um, yeah. All right. This has officially gone off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> we should uh, we should get out of here. Um, we are going to be back next week with a full episode. I know we said it about this episode, but next week might be even crazier. If Connor Hellbuck gets traded, if things happen, uh, we might do a little quick specialty episode. But yeah, um, yeah. Stay on the lookout. We're going to be yeah. everywhere. We're going to be posting clips. We're going to be posting long episodes. Uh, next week will be free agency rundown. Uh, we never really did a preview free for free agency, but the UFA class is pretty weak. So yeah. if the Jets are making moves, they're pretty minor. Um, and they have to re-sign their RFAs. So yeah, that, so that'll probably be... just re-signing RFAs, yeah. bringing so, back Nemesnikov probably, which is a, their yeah. one UFA. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like for them to bring him back. Um, yeah, we did a solid 44 minutes. Not bad. Um, let's get out of here. Unless you have anything yeah. else to say, I'm good to... Uh, other go. than, yeah, we'll probably just recap picks next week. Talk to you talk uh free agency and should be good should be fun all right go jets go jets you've been listening to the level flight podcast on the hockey podcast network